Hey folks, welcome back to another episode of Biomass. We're on episode 176, and we're happy you could join us here. i uh, got a bunch of good topics we're going to handle this week, so let's get started with some introductions, starting at the top of the list with Sarayazel. Hi, I'm Sarayazel. Um, I, I do a podcast. I do another podcast, actually, when I'm cheating and not doing this podcast. All right, Bate, you're up, man. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Bate, and uh, I am the resident Florida man of the podcast. All right, Jay. We got to have one of those. <laughs> uh, let's see. My name's Jay, and I'm also one of the uh, long-term purveyors of the uh, biomass media empire, such as, is it, such as it is. Excuse me. And uh, let's see. For 176, I believe the 176th Air Wing is a unit out of the Alaska Air National Guard. That's about the only thing I got for 176. We're kind of getting into the number range where I don't have a lot of easy easy facts at my fingertips on this one in terms of like uh, stuff that I just kind of generally remember. I have gotten asked before, by the way, if I do this on Google and I do not, I actually, I actually have to think about it for about 10 or 15 minutes before the show and usually come up with something. But once I got past all the atomic numbers, which I, I had kind of memorized the atomic table, like I, I, I'm really struggling to find stuff. You never fail to deliver though. So it's good stuff. All right. Uh, and I'm, of course, Pokey Draven. I help host the show here, and I write the blog occasionally, and I do our Dungeon Crawl series over on YouTube. So, let's get started here. Uh, some movies movies coming up, or at least being worked on. Uh, how many fans of the Terminator series do we have here? Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, uh, Tim Miller, you might recognize that name. He worked on the first Deadpool film, and... Uh, split away from the second Deadpool film due to creative differences with Ryan Reynolds, him and James Cameron are now working on a new Terminator movie. And it's kind of a sequel, sort of. Um, it's, it is a sequel to Terminator 1 and 2, and they are effectively ignoring everything that happened in Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation, and Terminator Genesis. So they're basically retconning those most recent three films out completely, and they're working on the sequel to the first two films now. So how were those those uh, last three movies viewed in the whole, like, um, amongst the Terminators? Well, I don't know if I'd call myself a Terminator fan, but um, I enjoyed Genesis. I didn't find Salvation, like, memorable, even remotely. Uh, I don't remember three. I don't think yeah. I had any problems with it, but... I, I, th I think three was... It was that was the one with Christina Loken as the uh, the female Terminator. Uh, pretty, yeah, pretty pretty blah. Uh, Salvation was you, you could have not put the word Terminator on it, and it would have just been like a B plus, you know, B minus science fiction movie basically. Uh, and then Genesis. I, in all fairness, there were about you know dotted in the hour and forty five minutes of that. There's probably about twenty twenty five minutes of like really really good stuff. Uh, most of which is some of the old Arnie stuff and kind of, they did a shot for shot remake of some of the initial stuff from the, from the original Terminator. That stuff was really good. There's a lot of neat things that they were, that they had dotted around, but the execution was, it got just really messy towards the end. It could have been really good. Like it, it literally could have, I mean, it had all the potential to be, you know, kind of on point and actually kind of, you know, put some real energy into the franchise, but yeah, not so much. So, also, David Goyer, uh, who's involved with Batman v Superman, is writing the film. What do you guys think of that? <laughs> that, uh, that doesn't bode well. <laughs> nope. Yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Or like, or like 
it'll do really bad in theaters because I have to cut some stuff. But then when it comes out of the director's edition, it won't be all that bad. It'll still be bad, but it'll be at least bearable. Yeah, yeah. I don't know about that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, yeah. The article was like, yeah. So he's working. I'm like, oh, that's is that is that a good thing for you guys? Are you sure about that? Um. So yeah. So it's it's going to be Tim Miller and James Cameron directing, and then David Goyer is going to be uh, writing. But we will have some uh, some. Some Schwarzenegger in there. He'll be but making an appearance, of course. Um, so you know, at least you'll have that, uh, which is good. But uh, yeah, don't know about this one. But it looks like it's set to release uh, July twenty sixth, twenty nineteen. So it's still quite a ways off. Um, they're kind of in the early stages, I think. But uh, it is apparently moving forward, and uh, yeah, we'll have to see when that comes out in a couple of years. You know, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking through this. Um, I remember David Goyer now being involved in Batman v Superman. Um, He's actually he's actually a fairly fairly well known screen screenwriter. He's done a lot of stuff. Um, I just pulled him up while you were talking about that because I was mm-hmm. I was like I've, he's actually an actor too. I've seen him like acting in some other things. But let me just let me just throw you a quick a quick synopsis of the things that uh, David Goyer has written in the past: uh, Kickboxer Two, The Road Back, Demonic Toys, The Substitute, Doll Man versus the Demonic Toys, Puppet Master. Uh, let's see, Spider-Man TV series in 1996. Okay, Crow City of Angels. Uh, let's see, Dark City, which was actually pretty good. That was actually a pretty legit science, science fiction movie. Uh, Nick Fury, Agent of Shield, starring David Hasselhoff. Blade. <laughs> yeah, Blade okay. Two and Blade Trinity, and then Puppet Master versus the Don- Demonic Toys again. He did. Uh, let's see, Justice League Unlimited. Uh, the TV series, which was actually pretty, which solid. was really good. Yeah, Fuck you. Was, yeah, no, no I, I'm, I'm trying to give you some shots. No, now. okay, but you're but you're leaving out you're leaving out the writing he did for uh, Blade the series uh, for Jumper. For, no, no, okay, for um fucking the the Batman movies, the Nolan Batman he, movies. He did he did the Dark Knight, which was pretty solid. Obviously. He did all three of them. Begins he Dark did? Knight and Dark Knight Rises. Yes. He also okay. did uh, Call of Duty Black Ops, which has yeah, a fantastic and he, story. And Black he also Ops did Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance and Godzilla and Constantine. Uh, Jay, Jay, Jay. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't see those movies on here at all. Yeah, yeah. It's called IMDb, bro. Get I, 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 I'm looking at IMDb. I don't see them. <laughs> fake news, fake news. <laughs> yeah, no, it seems like he's kind of all over the place in what he's done. Some really yeah. good, some uh, the opposite of that. He's got some ups and some downs. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, you know, we'll see. Yeah, no, he's got a lot of a very long list here on, on IMDb. Huh, that's interesting. I didn't know that he was involved in all of this. And like nine, uh, 10% of it is, is good. Well, you got a one in ten chance of it being solved. Well, so you know, I mean, <laughs> if you think about it, like in all fairness, like if you just go off of like the the Nolan Batman stuff, like that's going to keep him employed for a while. I mean, mm, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, I mean, and it's kind of weird too. So when you look all the way going back to ninety, all the way up to that first Batman movie, it was nothing. You know, yet. it was like straight B movie. Like at best, I mean, like it really was. I mean, I mean, there's some some of the the stuff he did for TV for TV animated stuff was pretty solid, but really, I don't know how the hell he got. I don't know how the hell he they got that guy to write. Who picked him to be the uh, Christopher Nolan screen you know screenwriter <laughs> for Batman? I mean, it it doesn't make sense unless Nolan 
did a fair amount of the writing and they brought him in to actually turn it into a screen pre- screenplay. Which uh, yeah. you know, could have happened as well. Yeah, maybe. That Spider-Man series that he wrote that one episode for is really good. I remember watching that when I was shit. I mean, dude's got, I mean, I mean, the dude clearly has some talent. It's not like he, I mean, he keeps employed. I mean, you oh, know, yeah. Just, uh, yeah, that's pretty good stuff. Man of Steel was pretty good. Was it? I never saw Man of Steel. No, no, I, no, I, 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 I liked it. Superman but before that. It, it was, it, it was actually a really well executed movie. It was good. I didn't mind it all that much, but it definitely set the tone for the angsty, dark kind of Superman slash DC universe. Um, the one they had a lot of good stuff that were that were in the, that was in that movie is much more coherent than Batman versus Superman, but yes. they absolutely like I I think they like literally threatened Henry Cavill with fines if he fucking smiled in the movie though, um, which is is definitely not what you know Superman's by far like you know one of your more positive, outgoing superhero type guys. Absolutely in no way did they show that at all. <laughs> Yep, we'll have to see. It's uh, <laughs> like I said, it's a very diverse uh, history he's got there, and you know, it'll it could be hit or miss. But uh, you know, I do hope it goes well because it's a very popular movie franchise, and you'd hate to see it kind of take another bad dip uh, after some of the less than stellar reviews of the more recent films. So we'll have to see how it goes. So moving along, now we don't normally talk about anime in this show. I'm an anime fan, but we don't do anime um, as part of kind of our our show uh, topic list. But I do want to bring up a movie that came out last year called Your Name, and it was explosively popular. Um, I think it's if not the most, but one of the most uh, uh, best-selling anime films that came out in theaters and and film and uh, you know DVD and whatnot um, of all time. So extremely popular. I, w- I actually went and saw it in theaters because I was I was quite excited for it. And it was extremely good. Um, now the reason that I'm bringing it up is because we have talked in the past about adaptations of games and anime being adapted for uh, live TV. And in particular, this one is apparently being picked up by J.J. Abrams himself looking to do a live-action adaptation of Your Name, which my brother told me, and I, honest to God, swore, but I did not believe him. Like, there's no way in hell that's happening. But it is indeed, you know, confirmed in a few sources that Abrams is looking to do an adaptation for this film. Um, which is terrifying to me, because the original is really, really good, um, and we have a really bad series of, of live action adaptations, you know, most notably like Death Note that was just done. Uh, but on the other side, um, it is an anime movie, so it's already in the proper format, which we've talked about in the past as being one of the biggest challenges of adaptations is trying to convert, you know, a 13, 26 episode series into a film. This is already a, a two hour film, and it's J.J. Abrams, and he, you know, doesn't mess around. The guy does good stuff. So. You know, fingers crossed on this one, but, uh, you know, I really do hope it's done well. I'd I'd hate to see it flop because it is a really, really good source film, um, and I I do want to see it done justice if they are indeed going to attempt to do a live-action adaptation of it. Could you give us, like, the the two-minute breakdown of what exactly is your name? Sure. since you you are literally probably the only person here that knows what that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I don't want to drop any spoilers, but basically it is 
uh, a boy and a girl who it's, <laughs> I don't want to say freaky Friday, but it basically is a body swap story where they don't know each other in any way, any means, but they will swap bodies periodically when they wake up in the morning. Um, and so they kind of learn about each other through, um, experience each other's lives. And then that kind of turns into you know, a deeper relationship over time, but they're, they never meet each other directly initially because they're in different parts of Japan. Um, and you know, it, it, it's it's very generic in its premise um, initially, but it is very well done. It is a romance story, um, but like I said, it, it's it's a kind of standard uh, body swap storyline, but it is very well done. It does have some some good twists and, and elements into it, so it is quite a good film. It sounds good. Yeah, so it's not for everyone, but you know, if you are uh, an anime fan out there or happen to see this film, it is uh, you know keep an eye on it. No release date on it. Um, Hopefully they do it justice, but uh, you know I'll, I'll be following it, and when I get some more information, I will be sure to update you guys if you are interested. Now, are you tracking the uh, like the Robotech live action movie that's there? They have in development. I have not been, but I I kind of assumed you would since you, I know you've been kind of playing around with the most recent uh, Robotech game. What's what's going on with that? Uh, well, BattleTech Robotech, there's a long legal history. They are not the same, but uh, my my understanding is they've actually got. Um, uh, they've got a cut. They've got a director actually attached to it, which is the guy that did it. Uh, but he's, I think he's contractually obligated to apparently do this sequel to it before he can do Robotech. Uh, so they, they did it at least at one point, hire a director, uh, which was pretty interesting. And there was some serious discussion about it actually kicking off this at some point, or at least the pre-production at the very end of this year, that was probably not, when that was announced, I, I don't think that was uh, taking into account that it was going to be as, as kind of well-received as it was. No, that's pretty cool. I mean, I know that that's a, both of those are very long-running. I mean, I know, so there are some legal issues there, but I know those are very long-running classic, you know, franchises. It'd be good to see, you know, that again, taken, especially with today's technology and graphics and whatnot, taking that to the, the actual the movie theater. So that'd be, that'd be cool to see too. I'll, I'll have to kind of keep an eye out on that one because it does seem like a good, uh, good potential there. Yeah. I mean, the, uh, the screenwriter, speaking of screen, screenwriters, it's the, uh, it was recently announced probably, uh, maybe, gosh, less than a month ago or about a month ago or less, about three weeks ago that, uh, the writer for Wonder Woman was is the that's actually the writer for uh, the Robotech movie. So, that, you know, shows some promise. I mean, the you know, the technology is clearly there. I think you know if you can if you can watch, stand watching Transformers Seven or whatever the hell they're up to now, there's not much you're not going to be able to do with a transforming robot. Now, if they can get a story and some actors together, you're probably going to be okay. I mean, hell, Pacific Rim's getting a sequel. I'm sure people would buy into. You know more mech uh, mech films in, in the west so you know. I, w- I was not a huge pacific rim fan because i mean you had to make some real big leaps of sure. logic on how those things were all, you know all this other kind of stuff but you know it, it did it did fairly well like it's definitely a spectacle i could see why it's getting the sequel and you got john boyega in it and he's a relatively hot property so should do okay yep for sure all right, so I did want to i mentioned this uh, last last week and I, I wanted to go over it so uh, Blade Runner 2049 is coming out uh, actually October 6th. So this is this week. Um, not sure if I'm going to see it this week, but I will be sure to, to check that one out. We'll do a full review on that as well. However, the director of the film uh, wanted to have three kind of mini stories produced um, to fill in certain points of time in between the first and the second movie. So 
original Blade Runner uh, takes place in 2019. Obviously, then the next one takes place in 2049. So there's three films at three different points of time in that 30-year span. And it was kind of a wanting to highlight certain important you know, points in the timeline of the things that are important to know, or at least it'd be good to know um, going into this next movie coming out. So Blade Runner 2022, so this one takes place three years after the original film, um, is called Blackout. And it basically uh, details the events leading up to what is effectively an EMP strike on the world, which wipes out everything, like just destroys all data records of everything. And so this was being produced by uh, Watanabe, who is the director who is most commonly known for his work on the Cowboy Bebop anime, which was very, very good. Um, and so he produced about a 15 minute, 14, 15 minute um, anime about the events of this blackout event that happened in, in the year 2022 in the, the Blade Runner mythos. Um, and so I watched it. It is available on Crunchyroll right now. Crunchyroll is an anime streaming site that has a subscription, but you can watch this uh, film for free. It is available. Uh, you might have to get hit with like a, an ad in the beginning, but you know it is free. You can go see it right now having, have a, having a subscription. So it is available to everyone at uh, crunchyroll.com. We'll get a, a direct link um, in the description for the, for the uh, podcast here. Um, however, my brother and I sat down and, in, and watched it last night really really good like surprisingly good like i mean his watanabe's work is solid but like i was very impressed with um the visuals and the way that they kind of packed all of the the important bits of the story in there it's shortened to the point but it doesn't feel rushed or crammed in there it did just kind of very good pacing um it does a really good job at drawing parallels to the original film. Um, like uh, just like some of the, the, the iconic imagery. If, if you're familiar with the original Blade Runner, you'll see that they actually kind of went out of their way to intentionally make things look a certain way or behave a certain way to mirror, you know, the fact that, Hey, this is three years after the original film stuff's going to be fairly similar. And they, they make it a point to draw those parallels, both in kind of visuals um, the story writing in terms of some of the scenes and how they're drawn out. There's definitely parallels there. Very, very tastefully done. Um, the animation, very solid. It's kind of a mix of different things. I know there's some um, some just standard still still drawings. I'm not. I know there was some CGI, but there were some scenes that I wasn't sure if it was cell cell shaded CGI or just really really well animated. Like it's much smoother than you normally expect from like an anime. Um, an absolute pleasure to watch. Very very good animation. Um, story was solid. Characters were very do- well done. It is voiced in English. Um, don't let that deter you. It's it's an anime, but it was voiced in English, so um, you know it's much more approachable if you don't like doing the subtitle thing. But uh, overall, very very positive review. You should absolutely go check it out if you are at all a fan of the Blade Runner series and are uh, looking to to see the sequel film coming out on October sixth. Uh, that sounds pretty good. Uh, there. That's one of the cool things that uh, that I've seen over the last several years. They, you know, kind of this growing parallel marketing track that you really are able to do uh, through through the internet in a way, in social media, in the way that you simply just you couldn't do, or probably I I don't know of an instance where there, where it was done like ten years ago, and this is a pretty good pretty good example. It's also probably a bit of a testament to how impactful um, you know the original Blade Runner was on. You know, probably two, maybe three generations of uh, of artists. You know, like either film, anime, or just science fiction folks, nerds in general. Uh, I I've rarely heard a you know a, a significant 
you know, futurist movie or science fiction movie uh, in the last 25 years that at some point somebody didn't give a nod to Blade Runner as one of the, uh, you know, sort of one of the, uh, you know, things that sparked some of, some of the creation of whatever that property was. So I, I think it's kind of cool that they're doing it this way. I, I kind of like it. I've actually seen two of those, the two on YouTube. They're pretty good. I'm going to check out the, the uh, anime one. And they, and if you knew nothing about like literally you, if you knew nothing about anything going on in Blade Runner, you, at least in the YouTube ones, you would be lost as hell. Um, but it makes total sense if you actually understand the movie and that you're, you intend to go watch a sequel uh, that's, you know, 30 years in the making, basically. Um, if you, if you don't know that, that you, you will have no idea what you're watching. Uh, the anime, I, I'm very, very keen to see that though. I think that should be pretty, pretty cool. Yeah, no, it's it's very impressive. I have not seen the YouTube ones yet, but we do have links uh, for those in the description. That's uh, going to be Blade Runner 2036, Nexus Down, and 2048, Nowhere to Run. So they've kind of spaced them out um, fairly well throughout the timeline. Uh, I'm not sure that the subject of the other two on YouTube, I think they're they're only like five minutes long, right? Uh, I think, I mean... Yeah, probably a little bit longer than that. Probably okay. between seven and ten minutes. Okay. So yeah. So I mean, it's it's uh, you know lots of good stuff. I'll I'll take a look at those live action ones, the ones on YouTube, um, and I'll kind of give my thoughts on that next week, and then Jay will take a look at the anime, and we'll we'll kind of reconvene next week and and discuss it, and then I do want to go see um, the actual film proper and and kind which, of which by the way, initial reviews are really good. Yeah, yeah, I've heard really good things about it, so I'm 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 pretty hyped for it. It's I'm, I'm very excited. So yeah, we'll we'll come back together on that one and kind of give our thoughts on the whole package and uh, should be really good stuff. But moving on to some other reviews here, uh, Zell, Kingsman, Golden Circle. What are your thoughts? Yes, um, I enjoyed it. Um, oh, <laughs> what? Sorry, I was I was I was choking when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe dry heaving. Have you seen it, Jay? Yes, I did. Oh, okay. Did you well, not? Did you not enjoy it? No, I did not. <laughs> did you like the first one? I thought the first one was great. <laughs> okay. The the second one, I th- I assumed that the like most sequels that the second one would be uh, as good or maybe a little like a little less than the first one, mostly because it would it would not be as fresh. But there there was a lot of you know not just like hyper realistic sort of you know. James, you know, like Jason Bourne slash in a comic book, but more just jackassery and lobcockery that was going on in that thing. And it's, and it's a bit of a, it's, I just, I just didn't, I just didn't care for it. There was a lot of like choices made in the movie. I just, I didn't like, so to speak. Yeah. I mean, there were, there were some, I did not like, um, me personally, there were, there were, um, things that were a bit more gruesome than I prefer in a movie, but that's just my take. Um, it definitely wasn't as good as the first one, but I did thoroughly enjoy the uh, the whole statesman, the U.S. knockoff of the uh, you know British version and and the uh, jokes that that entailed. Yeah, no, I mean there was definitely some parts of it that, that could have been like really cool, and I, I think I was I was uh, of the impression there was going to be you know like this you know Eggsy and you know Channing Tatum's character was it tequila like just you know, bopping about for like an hour and a half, like, you know, saving the world, which I thought was going to be quite humorous. Just you know, imagining how those two would play off each other. Not at all. Uh, like Channing Tatum is, is, is 
that like they pass like two ships in the night almost in the movie in a very a very odd way like no, kind of no spoilers at this point um i i one of the things i really disliked about it as much as i like colin firth and thought that he absolutely no pun intended killed it in the first movie uh a, the way they brought him back, and B, just bringing him back at all, I think really took a lot away from the first movie because the whole point of the first movie was that Eggsy basically became Galahad like at, at the very end. He basically became Colin Firth at, at the very end. And, you, and he learned, you know, he that was his transformative moment. And you basically wipe all of that away with the whole uh the, the magic weird ice pack thing on your face and you're alive now or you know it's, it's like holy shit come on um i i did not care for that at all uh and also th I, like i said i just thought some of the plot stuff was just it was kind of beyond ridiculous so to speak oh, well there's some mixed reviews there <laughs> usually we usually we're not that that polar opposite but uh yeah, this is one that I do I do want to go see just because I enjoyed the first one um, so much. Surprisingly, surpri enjoyed it the first one. I was not expecting it to be as good as it was, um, but we'll we'll give this one a shot and and, and kind of see what I what I think about it because it uh, it is interesting. I do want to check it out. All right, Zell, you also went and, you not went and saw, but you you've been seeing Star Trek Discovery. Um, yeah, what are so, your thoughts on that? Uh, they had the first two episodes were uh, as we were recording the show last week, and then uh, the the third episode is uh, now, and so I will uh, watch it later. Um, but uh, I, I thought they did a very good job. I think uh, one of the things is is my f so a friend of mine watched the uh first episode which was on cbs but ha but kind of gave his thoughts before he saw the second half um and uh I, I think he agreed it was much more star trek once he saw the second half that was not played on tv so you really had to get the um you know at least the trial of the subscription service to really get an idea what you were seeing um but the entire pilot is actually very much it's it's almost like a prequel story like almost like if they decided um, you know, instead of starting Blade Runner at the beginning of the, you know, the 2049, if they did all those intro segments as like a separate thing you go see first, um, and then you, you go see the, you know, um, the two-parter is a, is a pretty much a complete story, um, and does not feature the discovery at all. Uh, the, the USS discovery is not in the, the first two-parter and nor is the captain of that ship or, uh, any, but like two of the characters in that ship. Really? <laughs> yes. Huh. Um, it is a, it is a distinctly separate prequel story. And then, uh, starting episode three, uh, which I have not seen yet, uh, it kind of picks up a little, a little while after that incident and, uh, introduces the discovery and the rest of the cast. That's an interesting, I mean, I, having seen none of it, but quite eager to do so, that sounds like a very interesting kind of choice and kind of storytelling. I guess they had discussed, uh, you know, because this is a, they basically show an incident that starts, a, you know, the main plot point of the show. And uh, they had discussed whether or not that they would, you know, maybe show it with flashbacks. And they decided that that would not do it justice. So who, okay, help me out here. So Jason Isaacs, is he the... Is he the captain of the Discovery or the captain he, of the thing in the prequel? He, he is the captain of the Discovery and has not been seen yet in the show as okay. of episode two. All right. So he's basically Picard with hair. Got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. It's interesting. Cause I, I, I myself haven't seen my dad 
saw the first the first episode, I guess the pile that was publicly available, and said something along the lines of like, "Oh yeah, Star Trek has really changed from what it used to be." Um, spoilers aside, like, is is that kind of the impression you got too? Like, based off of solely the first episode, it's just a very different kind of storytelling, or is... um, I mean, it's 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 different in in that it is a you know modern TV show, but I I think unlike the abrams movies which really just turned it into an action franchise um i think you probably will see more of what you expect to see from star trek in this um i mean one of the things is that uh the uh klingons in this have a expression that uh, they they use a couple times uh which translates to uh remain klingon um and that is meant to be somewhat of an allegory to uh the america first uh thing so they they are indeed going mm. back to the commentary line of uh oh, awesome. making star trek gotcha okay okay that's interesting okay so overall first impression how would you rate it like on a scale of 1 to 10 from what you've seen so far uh pro- probably like a 7 or 8 somewhere in there okay i mean it Not was bad. it was solid there's um you know there's some solid Easter eggs in there too. Apparently, like the the captain of this uh, of this first ship that's in the the pilot, um, they have she has a bookshelf that the entire bookshelf is original series episode titles. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> now, would you say if someone is not um, perhaps an OCD Trekkie such as yourself, is it worth them getting the is it what CBS um, the streaming service just to watch this, or is it something they should probably wait on or? Do you think it's it's got good value? Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, it is for me, but like, you know, I, I think it's a great show, and the so w- the with commercials cost for CBS All Access is six dollars a month. It's uh, ten dollars a month without. Um, and if you look at like what a digital purchase for a TV show costs these days, a lot of times it's two bucks an episode, and a month will get a month of this will get you four episodes. So it's not a terrible cost proposition. But it probably helps if there's at least one other CBS show you feel like binging while you have this service. And I suppose you could, in theory, wait until the end of the season and buy it for a month and then just watch the whole thing at once. Yeah, well, absolutely. And they actually, uh, the uh, it's 15 episodes and the free trial is a week. So if you wait until the end, you could subscribe for a week and just binge the show oh, okay. for free. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay, that's good to know. All right, well, good stuff. So we do have some gaming news I want to kind of get into here. Uh, One that actually developed and concluded rather quickly last week. It actually popped up, I think, on either Monday or Tuesday, and the end of it was, uh, I think, on Friday. So uh, CCP, um, they are the guys that make uh, EVE Online. If you're listening to this show, you're probably familiar. They discovered a severe um, security vulnerability in their EVEgate client. EVEgate was the system that would allow you to access your in-game mail, and you can communicate with people without having to be in the game. Um, And this is the desktop app. Uh, so they discovered a severe uh, security vulnerability and basically said, we got to shut it down. Like it is like it's it's going down and it's not coming back until we have a better solution. So it wasn't even like a, yeah, we're working at something. It's we're pulling the plug because this is a serious problem. Um, and so if you're an EVE player, um, obviously that has some annoying implications, uh, but you still have access to, I think the phone app still works, and you can still go into the actual game itself and, of course, send uh, mail that way. It's just the desktop version that is no longer functional. Uh, however, the part that other people may be a little more concerned with is that the Dust 514 forms, this is, of course, the first-person shooter produced by CCP Games, um, their forms, even though the game was shut down, they kept the forms running because it was just 
I don't think it really cost them anything to keep it running. It just kind of sat there and, and did its own thing. Those forms are incredibly critical. They, they run off of the Eve Gate system. So with that system going down, the Dust 514 forms also had to be shut down. Um, and this is a permanent change because they're not going to invest money to bring the Dust forms back for a game that doesn't exist. So um, like we found out like on like Monday or Tuesday, I forget the exact day, that, hey, on Friday the forms are going down for good and, you know, that's that. Uh, so if you haven't logged onto the forums yet and you, um, you know, you can't. You, can, you can't, yeah, you'll actually get a splash page. that basically says like, Hey, forums are shut down. Um, but if you want to join the dust 514 veterans discord server, uh, here's a link. So that's kind of a, a fan run. Um, I think Ripley Riley is the one that kind of primarily moderates it. Um, that is a discord server that you can join. Uh, we've had a huge influx of, of people popping in. I think we had like a hundred people join the discord this last week. Um, so, a lot of the same uh, people you've seen around the forums are actually available in that Discord uh, channel if you want to chat. Um, so you can just go to dust514.com and it will redirect you to the link to the Discord. Um, but we'll also get a link in the description for the podcast here if you want to do it that way. And there's a yep. Biomass channel in there, so you can chat about our shot yes. show on it. Yes, and that is that is the best way to probably, if you want to ping us with something in particular, uh, Bait and I, and I know uh, Zell pokes his head every so often, you can just do, you know, at, um, you know, whichever username you want, and that will kind of get our attention, and we can, you know, help you out with whatever you may want to discuss or be on the show or, or whatever. I mostly yeah. just go in there to heckle people, but, you know. <laughs> De- definitely the best way to get a hold of me for, you know, whatever. And I yeah, think but- we've had at least 200 people join since the since the forum shut down so it, it, we're popping now which is obviously really good yeah it's good to get everyone kind of in the same place and at least this will persist beyond because i mean we all knew those forums were going down at some point it was just a little more sudden than i expected it was like oh we have four days okay um <laughs> scramble well, I mean, the but, Eve Gate closure was super sudden, given yeah, that, absolutely. you know, Eve Online is is obviously still really their main property. And, you know, that is no longer, it is no longer possible to access your mail from a computer without uh, without logging into Eve itself. And I guess CCP Falcon basically said, everybody has phones, so it's fine. Get over it. Um, <laughs> because yeah. there, is, there, is a, there is a mobile app, and that, that works, but... Yeah, that tells me that they found out not only that there was a big gap in their security, but probably somebody had been fishing around in it. Well, like you crowd is very adept at those sorts of things. If there is something you can hack at, the Eve community will find it and will do it. Oh no, I'm I'm tracking, but like there's also money involved in that stuff. I mean, like real money, not just game money. But it would not surprise me based on the way they reacted to it. Because usually, if you find it and it's like it's like not a big deal, they'll like like quietly like patch over some stuff and then like yeah okay we're shutting this down in a little while guys yeah, but if when it's like yep okay all right this is all over later outsies, that usually means that they were uh, that they felt that either something had happened or, or it was an imminent sort of uh, malicious attack or uh, you know, invasion of whatever they had going on. I suspect, and it wouldn't it also wouldn't surprise me if there's a whole lot of people's PII that got taken. Uh, at some point too. <laughs> yeah, and I mean the, the Eve Gate had had issues. We, I, we didn't talk about it on the on the show here just because I, I didn't really want to broadcast that you could do it. But um, Lether, if you're familiar at all from with him from the uh, Dust community, he realized that you could basically take 
the login, for, like if you logged into like the dust forms and then copied the cookie from your browser and then like modify this line of code and then reinserted it in there, you could actually use your dust login to access the e-forms and he was able to post by modifying the cookies with his dust character in the e-forms, which you're not supposed to do. So, you know... I'm not he also that sent is... like he has like a screenshot of him sending like a mail to Dust Devs um, after after the Dust game is no longer capable of being logged into. So yeah, so basically, um, you know, no idea if that's at all related. But if you're wanting to blame someone for why the Dust forms went down, it is all Leather's fault. It's cool um, to blame Leather. Yeah, you can blame oh, him. He's shit. also he's also in the. Um, in the in the dust discourse, just go in there and just like an at symbol Lether, and uh, just let him know how you feel about the fact that he basically shut the dust forms down by himself. So, yeah, I, I mean, realistically, there's almost no harm that really could be caused by that unless somebody was like logging into dust characters maliciously to spam or something. Um, I, I doubt that's what it is, but it's very likely a sign of the sort of security issues that they had. Yeah, if you can access a system by modifying a cookie from an entirely different login, that's that's not good. So, um, no idea what the actual um, issue was, but just there there were some obvious problems, and people were able to kind of poke around in places they weren't supposed to be. Uh, so, I'm I'm not entirely shocked that this this happened. Um, but like Jay said, the fact that they literally like pulled the plug out of the wall. Uh, shows the severity of, of whatever was going on. So, you know, uh, rest in peace, dust forms. But I, I do really do suggest that people, if they're out there and they listen to the show and are not part of the Discord uh, channel, do hop in there. There's there's some good people talking in there and lots of new discussion kind of popping up with the new influx of people. So do uh, do join there if you can. It's it's a good group of folks. Thanks, Lether. Thanks, Lether. Yeah. All right. Um, speaking of other CCP franchises, uh, Valkyrie Warzone, and this is the update to uh, CCP's VR dogfighting simulator. Uh, the Warzone update basically brought in a whole bunch of system changes. Um, I won't go into the details of exactly what they changed, but the biggest one that most people will care about is that they removed the requirement that you needed to have a VR headset to play the game. Um, so previously, if you wanted to play Valkyrie, you had to have either a, a Vive or a, a Oculus Rift or a PSVR headset. Uh, that is no longer required. So the game is available on all the platforms, uh, PC and PS4. I don't know if it's on Xbox, actually. I'll have to check on that. Um, but if you don't have a VR headset, no worries. You can still pick up the game and give it a shot. So uh, I have not picked it up yet. I do want to pick it up, and I might do some recording with my brother on it because he's pretty keen on giving it a shot. Uh, so we'll get some some gameplay recorded of that and give my thoughts in a couple weeks about uh, Valkyrie Warzone. Speaking of space fighting games, Elite Dangerous. Um, very popular game. Uh, I know that uh, Denny Fleetfoot's a huge fanboy about it, so whenever we have him on the show, he's always you know going crazy for it. But uh, they recently added Thargoids, which was kind of the alien race that had been kind of poking around in the game for a while. Uh, now they are a uh, an enemy you can actually fight and interact with. So these are these super powerful aliens that... Um, there was a trailer, I think, a couple weeks ago to kind of announce... Uh, you know what's what's going on with uh, with all of that, but Zell apparently you said that players have been abused, or sorry, the Thargoids have ab- been abusing the players. What, what do you mean by that? Um, so there there's uh, discussions of where like groups of like twenty people have gone up against these ships and then just gotten like absolutely devastated. Um, I guess uh, they're they're kind of doing like a, a, a unlock event to this where. You know, there's going to be some new weapons that can take on these things. 
and stuff. But right now they're really, you know, they, they, they started with that original intro where they'd kind of just stun you and fly off. And now they've, they've gotten to be hostile and you're trying to do some research. And so, you know, there's stuff like where one of them said, um, you know, they use this research drone and managed to get like a tissue sample of the bio ship in question. Um, somebody figured out that you can feed escape pods full of NPCs to Thargoid ships and that will keep them peaceful for a while. So they, they really haven't given like the details of how these things work and are letting players just kind of explore them. That's really hmm. weird because I think like, was it, uh, when did they introduce the Thargoids? Was it like last year or something, year and a half ago? And it seemed like we didn't really hear anything about you know, what they were supposed to be or what their purpose was. And then, like, out of nowhere, oh, my God, Thargoids are killing people. So uh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I, I think it's a really neat event. I'm, I'm reading a report here that apparently you can load up NPC uh, people into escape pods and then jettison them out of your ship and feed the Thargoid ships with basically human samples, and then they'll stop attacking you. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So, yeah, that's that's evil shit right there. But, yeah, no, the Thargoids have actually, I think, I'm, I'm not very versed in the original, not Elite Dangerous, like Elite, like the original Elite, like we're talking vector graphics here. Um, I think Thargoids were either um, part of that game or like kind of one of those gaming rumors that, you know, hey, if you do all this crazy stuff, you can find the Thargoid aliens. So, I mean, they, they've been part of kind of the Elite mythos for a very long time. And, and like like they said a few years ago, or maybe a year ago, I forget, um, players started seeing them in-game where they'd get sucked out of warp and scanned by the aliens and then kind of let go. Um, but yeah, this most recent update actually allowed you to interact with them. And by interact, I mean they can blow you up now. So Yeah, um, and it, it says <laughs> that somebody brought 21 ships to try and take them on and not a single ship made it out alive. So yeah, that's that's some good stuff right there. It, it reminds me a bit of um, shit. Was it the the Drifters in Eve and those like super NPCs? Yeah, very similar event, I would say. Um, gotcha. Uh, I wonder, like, do you guys have any idea of like how popular Elite is on console? I, I'm I'm literally asking. Could just kind on of console? Mm, let me look. I mean, it's it's a really it is a fairly niche game. I mean, it is it is not unlike Eve. I mean, a lot of notes of like Eve Online, and as complex as that game is, were taken from the the concepts of a really elite dangerous. Frankly, I know one other person who plays Elite, but he plays on PC. I don't think I've ever met anybody that's like, "Oh yeah, dude, fucking like super hardcore into Elite on like the Xbox." I've never met anybody like that. Yep. Yeah, I'm having a hard time pulling it up here, but. Uh... Yeah, so Elite is on PS4, but uh, I'm not sure. It's got like four out of five stars, looks like. Um, so you know, it's it's doing decently enough, I guess. Um, but I'm not sure on on player count. I'll have to, to double check on that one a little bit here. Yeah, I I, I messed around. I don't know on um, on uh, on PlayStation. Just you know, kind of check it out when it came out. It, it is it is a it is a fairly complex game. <laughs> it, it is. Uh, it, Try to do it with console controls, like a gamepad. Not, not recommended. Yeah, it seems like the kind of game where you you're just gonna want a keyboard for it because there's only so much you can do with a controller. And, and some games do a good job at making the best of it. But if it's like a space sim, you know, I mean, shit. Look at uh, Star Citizen's control scheme. It's like yeah, never gonna yeah, happen on a controller ever. It, it is definitely like uh, kind of flight simulator esque, and it's it's the complexity of what you're doing in space and then and then you have to like 
you know, some ground vehicles you got to manipulate, which are equally as complex. Uh, it's, 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 it, I feel like it's harder to drive, drive the ground vehicles in the game than it is to like drive my Jeep. Let me put it that way. Jeez. Yeah. I don't think, mm, I'm not sure that'd be best suited for, for console just by the nature of how they did the game. But you know, it, like I said, it's got four out of five stars looks like, so it's done decently enough, but, uh, that could, that could also be, cause I think it's PSVR compatible. Um, and that could be a large driving part of it is that people buying it are the ones with PSVR because there's just not a ton of titles out there and, and that game lends itself to VR quite well. Yeah, no, I think you're right. I mean, the, the minute-to-minute flying and playing part is uh, dramatically better in, in Valkyrie, though. So it'll, it'll be kind of interesting. To, I'm, I was just kind of curious because they made a big deal about bringing it to console. I think you're right, mostly because the VR piece. Uh, it's. I mean, it took me like six or seven times just to figure out how to just to dock my ship the first time I... I tried. There's no like dock button. You have to like fly that damn thing. Oh you man, that's not for me. Like I, I know that people like that flight sim sort of deal, but I just want to play a game. You know, I yep. don't want to have to that's, deal with all the mundane. That is shit literally like that. exactly what I said, and and I got the whole like, uh, you know, internet standard internet forum flame. Like, oh, you're playing the wrong game. Like, oh, you got to get good. I, it's, it's this is not a game. This is a simulator. I was like, dude. <laughs> It's like, just go shave your neck beard, have another, you know, diet Pepsi with some Cheetos or whatever it is that you do and leave me right. alone. Yeah, like, like if, if you want to have that like, as an option, like if you're hardcore and you want to like, you know, do all the docking procedures, be my guest. But like, I just want to hit the button, have it do it for me, even if it's slower, whatever, yep. you know, I'm, I'm totally cool. I don't have time for that crap. You know, I don't want to. <laughs> survive an epic mission and crash into the side of the station because I didn't hit the right button. You know, it's just, it's crazy. Uh, real quick, just poking around with some numbers I found on the internet. Um, it doesn't look like this is like console specific, although I would have to assume it's uh, it's on Steam is what they're your. Um, but the 24 hour peak for Elite Dangerous is, a, is about 10,000 people. Um, currently, it looks like there's give or take fifty seven hundred, um, with the all time being about eighteen thousand. So, uh, you know, like Jay said, it is a very niche game, but are still playing it. Uh, but like I said at the beginning, it's not really clear is this you know Xbox or PS four. Um, but you have to figure that if if these numbers are, are you know at least somewhat correct or in the ballpark, there's ten thousand people for just a twenty four hour peak, right? That's got to be at least at least half for consoles put together, I would say. Well, I mean, do bear in mind, Elite is a very uh, very long standing PC franchise. You know, it's it's not traditionally one that console players might have even heard of. Or, originally yeah i'm not finding any sales figures specifically for ps4 it's usually not published so i mean just this, sometimes you get like you know uh total sales but that doesn't really give you a good indication of if people are actually playing it or not so mm-hmm. yeah not really well, sure on that one well and uh, i mean it's like um if the game wasn't doing well on uh on console then frontier wouldn't continue to push out content for it would they uh i don't know i mean it's I, let me put it this way: I, like I, I've, I've literally thought the same thing. But when I look at a game like Elite, think about the people that it caters to, like folks that are really into like very complex sort of activities of that nature, and they tend to throw money at it, like a lot. Yeah, of it. 
So I, I would I would offer that a game. I, this is total anecdotal, just random. No, 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 I, random I, I, I think people that play that game are more likely to spend more money on that because you got to buy the game. It's not free to play. We'll see. Right. And, but and, then the then the if you're that invested in a game like that, you have no problem dropping twenty, thirty, forty bucks on like you know resource packs or extra ships or you know getting your Zell on with fuck mm-hmm. you know like buying you know goddamn. Three hundred dollars yeah, digital yeah. spaceships. I, yeah, but like, see that that makes sense to me at least for PC, right? For the Sarizos, yeah, for the Denny Fleetfoots who have all this disposable income to like build a, an egg around themselves where they can fully immerse themselves in the game. But like for a kid on an Xbox or on a PlayStation, I I I, I don't see that happening. I don't even know if you can hook up a fucking joystick to an Xbox. And, and oh, play the game like yeah. that. Oh, can you? Okay. But I, okay. I mean, so you, you could do that, but then think about it. You're you're now buying, you know, probably you know, hundred bucks plus or minus worth of peripherals just to play a single game, which which we do. On top of that, if you want to do your VR and whatever, but I, I would again, yeah, it would not surprise me that, um, you know, this, you know, a game like this probably does. It punches above its weight financially in terms of like the microtransactions or, or at least the in-game transactions, if you will. Uh, I think a lot of games like this tend to do that. I mean, look how much money. Look, look what has kept Eve and and for a while kept Dust alive. Two relatively very small shares of the MMO market share, right? Like very small, and that was per capita the amount of money being spent on it. I suspect that's because people that play Dust are absolutely like mental right but like eve is a subscription game so i i, I would think still? that yeah yeah, yeah. okay well, um, yeah, yeah. Yes, well, so, okay they have of... they have a free-to-play ability but it's so heavily it's capped so that, limited that it's yeah i mean that. you're not going to be playing eve seriously with an alpha clone i mean you can fuck that um so yeah for for all intents and purposes right now eve online is still subscription-based mmo and I mean, yeah, they do have skins which are doing really, really, really well for them. Um, but I, I would think that that's where a, a majority of their their revenue would come from would be coming from would be uh, things uh, would be the subscription and people buying Plex, right? Whereas Elite, I don't, and I, you know, I, I could be talking on my ass, but I, I don't think Elite has anything like that. It doesn't have skins. Um, it, it might have small little DLC ship packs, um, but I, I, I don't know. Not that it really matters. It's just interesting to talk about, it, I suppose. Yep, sounds pretty good. All right, Bates, so I know you and I are fans. Red Dead Redemption 2 got yes. a trailer. I saw that. What'd I was you very th- happy. What, what, what'd you think of it? It was pretty pretty short and sweet, but it, it did pack quite a bit in there. So what were your thoughts? Yeah, I actually liked it a lot, and I think, as far as I know, it, it told us um, a, a little bit more about the story that we hadn't seen before. So we know that the game is uh, for sure not going to focus on um, John Marston or, or anybody related to him, um, which is nice. It's always nice to have a, a new protagonist or something. Normally, when you think of like, you know, whatever game two, you think, oh, they're gonna, you know, probably reuse the same, uh, the same main character. Um, Watch, but no, the, uh, uh, this is why I said normally. Um, but I mean, yeah, the 
if this is all captured in in the in the game, which uh, I assume it is, um, then it's it's really pretty, um, showing off it, some of the environments and, and whatnot, and some of the some of the things you can do. And there's alligators, which makes me happy as, as a Florida <laughs> man. Yeah, Bait and I were kind of talking before the show about our thoughts on, on where this is taking place, and I think we kind of decided that it, it's obviously a fictitious. Um, area i mean it's not like an actual geographical location in the u.s but approximately kind of what they're basing off of our guess is it's probably kind of eastern uh southeastern texas since there mm-hmm. is kind of a, a bayou swamp sort of area so kind of near the louisiana border um but there are some plainlands and then obviously some some snowy areas up in the mountains so uh guesses is, is going to be probably in texas which is which is pretty cool um i like that red dead one was in definitely in kind of new mexico arizona because that's it looks like my backyard there, so that was that was really fun. But it'll be good to see kind of a, a little further east. And I think the the bayou setting is, or at least part of it being a bayou setting, is uh, going to be interesting and a little more unique. And you know, crocodiles or alligators or whatever trying to eat you while you're digging through the water. Um, yeah, and this looks like it's a prequel, right? Because this it, it's someone who's part of Dutch's gang, and this is before <sighs> the events of Red Dead One, from from what I can glean. Oh, is it really? Okay. Cool. I think it's a prequel, yeah. So it is entirely possible that you'll see maybe a younger John Marston, um, which would be kind of a badass uh, tie-in. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, it, uh, this this uh, main character looks like a real asshole. Like, you'll, you'll uh-huh, see some, yeah. some real redemption going on at some point in the, in the, in the game, because he... I, I think, like, in part of the trailer, he's talking to this kid, and he's like, yeah, your mom's... Uh, wearing black grieving over your your dad being dead because i might keep her in black so i might just kill you too i'm like yes. holy shit like okay that's the kind of main character we've got here but that's that's kind of been been the mainstay of the the red dead series the main characters are questionably you know questionably good guys not not so good guys so um i'm looking forward to it it looks gorgeous um story should be good um i just i love a good western so i'm i'm, I'm really hyped for it Oh yeah, no. The hype machine is real here too. Uh, looks like Rockstar is is going to pin this for uh, about spring 2018. Um, I think we talked about that last week. That's about not right. Bad. Yeah, that's not bad. That's good. I can uh, wait that long. Yeah, I would yeah. say that this and uh, God of War is pro- those are by far my two most anticipated games for God, yeah, coming up for a while. When when is God of War due out? Do we know? I thought it was supposed to be out sometime before Christmas, but it may be more oh. may have more rolled. I don't know. I, I can look it up real quick. <laughs> okay. Um, going back to the map thing though, because uh, world maps always interest me. Like people say, we were talking about it, and I just thought that it, it was weird. You know, in in Red Dead, in the first one, you had um, everything was kind of the same, right? So no matter really where you went. Um, it was all desert, right? It was all, you know, Texas, or it was flat. And then when you went to Mexico, it kind of looked the same as in Texas. Um, but then it looks like this one, like there's going to be plains, and there's going to be obviously the bayou, and, and there's mountains to the north. And I think they had they hinted at like fucking snow or something, um, with which just kind of you know playing around with okay, trying to uh, we were trying to you know think of where the the game would be said if you were to kind of kind of pin it in the in the real world and in my mind uh the 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 first uh, rdr was kind of that that southwestern portion of texas and now kind of moving uh seems rockstar's moving over to the east for the second one 
Um, it, it, I, I don't know. It just it was interesting, uh, if anything. Yep, should be good stuff. And hopefully, if they uh, kind of take a, a GTA Online sort of approach to multiplayer, it, having a lot of space I, to work with will be mm-hmm. be really good and useful for the developers. I think. And, and I, I think that they will do that. I know there is that that image of that leaked map. Uh, was it? I think a year ago. Um, that that kind of confirms, or that kind of you know showed the different areas, and which is confirmed by by the trailer. Um, it's got the bayou and all that other fun stuff. Um, it, it's a big looking map. Um, so that if they do decide to roll out something like GTA Online for uh, Red Dead Redemption Two. Um, there will be a lot of space to work with. Um, kind of hoping they do co-op. It'd be fun. Oh yeah, my favorite part of Red Dead One was the co-op missions, like the four-person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. With like the classes and stuff, that was yeah. that was really cool. I like that a lot. So hopefully get lots of that. But uh, you know, overall, I trust they'll do a solid job. So I'm I'm eagerly hoping for uh, for this one to kind of come up uh, next year in spring. All right, so moving along real quick here. Uh, I'm not going to get into it, but Final Fantasy XIV has their 4.1 uh, update trailer is up now. We'll get a link to that. I'm hoping the update will hopefully come, I'm thinking October 10th maybe, um, just kind of by the release schedule, but it might be the following week. So if you're a, a 14 fan, uh, keep an eye out for that one. Uh, should be good. Lots of good stuff with the raid and stuff coming up. Now, Bate, I didn't actually look at this article, but this seems really interesting. So Assassin's Creed Origins, this is the one taking place in Egypt, is getting a discovery mode, which is a non-combat version of the game. Could you talk about that a bit? Oh, so this is the one I thought you were going to talk about. Cool. Uh, Yeah, so uh, Origins is getting this really cool uh, discovery mode um, that Ubisoft is like, it's for educators. Um, So basically what it is... It takes all the story and all the combat, all the fiction and all the fighting out of Origins, and it just leaves the sandbox. It just leaves the open world, and you can you you can still run and climb and all that um, throughout throughout uh, but Ptolemaic we can't, Egypt. But we can't let the kids kill things, is what right? But but you can't let the kid the kids kill all the things and and whatever. Um, so from what it sounds like, there's going to be guided tours, quote unquote, of all the, I would assume all the major, all the major cities you come across and the, uh, the stuff like the pyramids, um, you know, there's probably going to be a blurb about the Nile and, you know, this, that, and the other, and it's going to, um, it's going to have history, like actual history, not this kind of pseudo history that, that Ubisoft likes to likes to do for the Assassin's Creed games and all the information is going to be curated um, by uh, historians and Egyptologists uh, which is really cool and each each stop you make is going to look at uh, the, the different aspects of Egypt uh, during the time that the uh, that the Greeks were there uh, which is actually really cool and I, I think it's a cool addition to to a, a historical game, um, but uh, this Forbes article we'll, we'll get a link uh, for for the article in the uh, in the show notes. Um, the The author kind of brought up a good point that yeah, this is really cool, but this is like also the only game that that kind of thing really works with. Because like I mean, think about it. What other game do you think could do something like this? Call of Duty can't really. I mean, there's no, there's well, no big they, they open world. In co- well, their their no, settings are big enough. World, but yeah, but you you could do educational parts with with Call of Duty or any any war anything. You, you know, think, you think so? Uh, yeah. We're gonna get a game as big as Destiny. 
like some of those some of those areas that they have and all the things you can do with that. Yeah, I mean, it's not going to be like an open world thing necessarily with Call of Duty, but you could have, you know, I don't want to say lore tidbits, but like actual history about it and, and kind of going over the stuff. I mean, I think the open world actually lends itself better to that. Like Jason, yeah, you've got yeah, Destiny, you can actually roam around and you find some random rock in the corner and it's it's kind of fun to go, oh, wow, that's actually really really important to the, to the lore. Um, it'd be kind of cool that, you know, you find like a, a shell casing or a broken rifle or something and it kind of tells you about like, hey, this is you know, was used by the British troops and, and whatever. Um, that, that, I'm a huge fan of games being used as education because <laughs> it's a great way to keep kids engaged and actually give a shit about what you're teaching them. Um, so this is really cool. I didn't expect this from, from Ubisoft, but uh, very good opportunity. I think they, they definitely capitalized on that, and it's, uh, that's, it's really cool that they did that. I'm, I'm very impressed. Yeah, so I... Yeah, I, I am curious, and I think there's a, there's a screenshot right here in this Forbes article that, that kind of shows you um, what kind of things you're, uh, you, you, you can expect to see. Um, so the screenshot, you can see it when we link the article. It's a person standing over uh, a body being mummified, and it, it kind of talks you through um, the, mummifi- the bleh, mummification process. So that that'll be really cool, I think, to to just roam around a little bit when you know you don't want to do uh, story or side quests or, or whatever. So plus one to Ubisoft for doing that. They're not going to have that plus one for very long. <laughs> They'll find some way to ruin it, right? Uh, it should be our next thing. <laughs> our, our so next topic. so so, Bate, <laughs> you're an Assassin's Creed fan, right? You're looking I, forward I to Origins. I, I am. It's pre-ordered already. Okay, so so how would you like? For yourself to have a pair of custom Assassin's Creed Origins headphones. I mean, does, it, does that sound it'd, good? It'd be cool. I, I I do have a headphone problem. So okay, so so what if they were eighteen karat gold and cost sixty thousand dollars? <laughs> I'm already are you are, are you are you a true fan or are you just a poser? Hey, so so what does that put me at like in the hole right now? That's like sixty thousand eight hundred dollars in the hole, right? So for uh, for this for, game, yeah, yeah. If, if I get the really nice edition and then the the sixteen, uh, just the headphones, just, just the headphones. But the thing is, I think they come with like a like a like a bust they of do the main not. character. No, and you, you can here's put, the kicker. Oh, it doesn't come with it. That bust, that bust is an additional fourteen thousand one hundred dollars. <laughs> what? <laughs> I shit you not, dude. Oh, okay. So, so, so now you're up to you got eight hundred dollars for the game that comes with the statue, but then you got to buy uh-huh. the game separately from the statue. So that's uh-huh. eight hundred plus sixty plus the sixty grand for the the headphones, and then fourteen grand more for. Uh, Wait, you don't you don't get the game with the fucking eight hundred dollar pack? I don't. I don't. I, I, they do fuck that now. I'm not sure. Fuck? Hold on. Hold on. Let's look. You should. You should get like the goddamn diamond studded platinum edition of the game. Okay, this maybe this one does podcasting. come with the game. It it might come with the game, oh, which isn't on, always on. true. Don't ever oh, believe yeah, that the special does. editions come with the game because they don't always come with the game. So okay, so you got eight hundred bucks for the the collector's edition with the statue. <laughs> you've got sixty grand for your headphones, and you got another fourteen grand for your uh, for your 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 place to put the headphones. So you're you're, you're like what is that? You're at seventy four thousand eight hundred dollars in the hole. So I mean, you could buy like I don't know a couple cars. Or you can have like the ultimate Assassin's Creed video game. What's it gonna be, Bait? Are you are you a true fan? <laughs> Fuck you, Ubisoft. <laughs> I 
find the like they, they, they will find some way to make it as stupid as possible because they're hoping the one idiot will spend sixty grand in a pair of gold headphones. Because the one guy who does will get his yes. will get like a Kotaku article about him. Yes. Yeah, he'll, I he'll mean, be and, the one that bought it. There's only ten of these statue and headphones. But like, what the fuck, man? Like, I like Assassin's Creed and I like Ubisoft well enough sometimes, but. Dude, an eight hundred dollar box set was like, ha ha ha. That's funny memes and shit, right? Nobody's gonna buy that. This, this tops it. This is, this is too far. And like, okay, so they're they're. Let's just go through this. They're Bluetooth. Uh, they're Bluetooth headphones, right? They've got a fifteen meter range for I assume for your fucking device. A twenty hour battery life. And the frequency, I think, according to reading comments, is like targeting at the Beats uh, headphone level. I don't even know how much fucking Beats cost, but I know they're expensive. Um, so, like, you're buying a pair of Beats with some gold on it, and it's got the Assassin's Creed logo on the side. They don't even look that comfortable. And, and the thing is, babe, is that this still doesn't top Final Fantasy XV, which had the custom-made Audi that they sold for $470,000. Oh, shit, dude, I forgot about that Audi. So there's, would, there's, mm. there's the car for, for almost a half a million dollars. So they still got they still got Ubisoft B. Like, Ubisoft hasn't released the Assassin's Creed Origins car yet, but I guarantee you that shit's <laughs> going to be out before the end of the year. Like, at some point, they're going to make a car for it. Like, oh, gold-plated, imported from Egypt, some shit, whatever. They, they'll, 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 they'll make it happen. I guarantee it's not going to be a car, Pokey. It's going to be a fucking camel. <laughs> uh, Audi has not bred a camel, but they're going to be selling for, for, for See, $3 million. Like, dollars. If, 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 I had, if I had the money, honestly, I would buy the I would buy the, the Final Fantasy car, dude. I wouldn't buy the fucking $60,000 headphones. It's a nice car. $14,000 bust of uh, Bayak. No, dude, I'm getting the car. Shit, man. Right, I would so, also probably have the disposable income to buy the headphones and the statue, so I would do it as well. If, if you can drop four hundred seventy thousand on a car, you could probably get the headphones. I hey, think you the budget. You, Zell has disposable income. You should buy. You should buy at least the bust, Zell. No. <laughs> <laughs> and on, and then the next week we'll have uh, RSI will release a uh, custom-made bust of a Star Marine from Star Citizen for a very reasonable twenty thousand dollars. Full no, it won't be twenty thousand dollars because that's what that one ship cost. Oh, sorry. yeah, all the all the ships it'll be more than that. It'll be like um, they 100. they did release a uh, they actually did release like this week they started selling another uh, ground hover speeder thingy, but um, and that's that's thirty five to forty five dollars is the price range for that. So hey, so I money, propose money, money. A, I propose a new segment uh, every week on Biomaster. We're gonna call it. We're gonna call it uh, this week in in like rsi or something where zell just goes through the list of new ships that they've added to star citizen that you can buy so i, I mean, you I, know I there's that... only like one every two months here we, we could have a running counter of how much how much money can you spend on officially licensed products for each game franchise and see yes. who like wins the top so you know yes. you've got like star citizen you've got like final fantasy with the car you've got assassin's creed origins it's just kind of this this running leaderboard of who who what what game attracts the biggest whales on to buying random shit for video games dude call of duty uh i think it was the first black ops had yep. a remote controlled uh rcxd which is one of the little shit things you get in the care package that was actually really cool 
Didn't they have like an officially licensed Jeep too that was like Call of Duty Black Ops Black or something? It was like a. They did. They okay. Really? Did. Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was one of those Jeep Wrangler special editions. Oh, it was a Wrangler. Oh, damn. How much does a Wrangler go? For? Uh, depends on how how much extra shit you want on it. I I, I mean, Jay, I want the no, Call of Duty Black Ops Black Edition. Uh, Ross. that one was pretty high end when it came out like in 2008 or whatever the hell it was 2009 it was uh, like a two-door wrangler you know like when the black ops thing it's basically a rubicon with a bunch of uh like aftermarket like uh add-on stuff and some call of duty badging it was fuck you know probably 37 uh, i've got it for 60,000 oh wait yeah 60,000 on uh ebay yeah, fuck that. It's the exact same Jeep that I have. Yeah, it's yeah. just a different color. I, I know that when uh, the Final Fantasy VII Advent Children movies came out, that was the, the CGI fl- flick that came out as a sequel to the game, uh, the main character has a cell phone, which is an actual cell phone they sell in Japan, and you could go to that manufacturer of the cell phone and buy the, because the main character's name is Cloud, the Cloud Black uh, version of the phone. And it was, of course, more expensive because it was in the movie, um, even though it was the same phone, it was just black. So, you know, they, they always find creative ways to uh, to sell you basically the same shit they've already been selling, but charge you more for it one way or another. Put a few extra bells and whistles on it. So, you know, it's it's it's, a, it's we should actually do an episode segment at some point about all the yes. weird uh, the weird promo material things that you've seen in games. Um, Square Enix has some some bizarre ones. Um, I think I think they're getting another Cup Noodle crossover. I yes. forget which game it's for. It might be for fourteen. I'm not sure, but yeah, someone's getting Cup Noodles. Some Final Fantasy getting Cup Noodles. So they're they're all for yes. that. <laughs> Dude, I'm all about that shit, dude. I want that fucking two foot long fork. If I get the 3D printer bait, I'm sending you an ultimate fork. Thank you. Fork. Yes. Okay. Has, has <laughs> Thank someone you so has someone replicated the fork for 3D printer? I'm I'm uh, sure it's out there. I haven't looked, but I'm sure you could probably get your hands on the fork one way or another. Maybe aftermarket or not, but uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, we'll we'll cover that at some at some point. I'll have to make a, a good list so we can go over it. But that'd be pretty funny. All right, let's move along here. Uh, Zell, Wii Shop being shut down in 2019. What's going on with that? Um, yeah, so, you know, uh, the, the Wii's a couple generations old now, um, but it's still, you know, one of the, the more played and more loved consoles from Nintendo. And uh, they're, they're shutting down the shop in January of 2019. They're going to stop selling the currency for it, uh, I think, uh, in March of 2018. Um, and after that date, they say that if you, you know, any games you've purchased, uh, make sure you have them download to your console because you will not be able to download them in the future. That's weird. Why? Is there a reason for it? Or are they just doing it? Yeah. I mean, that's the thing is like, I, I get it. It's old, you know, and, and online services for consoles do inevitably shut down. Um, but for me, it's a big reason that continually emphasizes why you actually should not digitally purchase games because more often than not, eventually they go away. So I, I don't purchase games digitally on, on Nintendo products. I just, it's not something I've done. Do they not all share the same store like PSN or are they separate they, stores for each console? So Nintendo is uh, incompetent as crud when it comes to digital purchases. Um, to give you an idea, um, when you buy a game, it is actually uh, locked to the uh, actual hardware you purchased it on. And uh, you have to use either like a transfer tool 
or something similar uh, in order to get your software moved between like, uh, you know, if you had a Wii U, uh, you could play Wii titles and you would have to actually use this transfer tool to synchronize the game to well it's a one time so it's a move to move the games over to the new new device um and i believe if your your device is damaged and you can't boot it you actually have to ship it to nintendo in order for them to transfer your games from it to a new device wow that sounds as convoluted as like the xbox one or whatever when they first talked about like not letting you transfer games that's that's insane and they they do regularly um uh uh, make you rebuy things again between like console generations. So, well, that's that's everyone does that. But, it, but I mean, you know, it's it's uh. not it's not like you know. For example, the reason that I'm kind of okay buying games on Steam is a because the physical copies now literally are just Steam codes in a box. But b is that uh, you know Steam preserves your games. You can actually play them on any device known to mankind that that they they run on. And uh, in many cases, if you own a game on Steam and they upgrade it later or, you know, add support for a new uh, platform later, they will actually allow you to play it because you've already purchased it. So like when they added, you know, Linux support to a lot of games on Steam, if you already own the game, you could now play it on Linux. You know, that was just a a straight upgrade. And that's something that uh, you do not get from uh, Nintendo. Do you think that they'll ever move to like a centralized store like PSN, or are they going to keep it all kind of well, weird siloed? Knowing know? Nintendo, five to ten years after everybody else does, they'll figure it out. Okay. Well, yeah, I definitely would not purchase digital content if, it was, if it's that restrictive. I mean, I always assumed it was just like you know PSN where you just bought it and it was on your account and that was it. You could just put it wherever you wanted. You might have to uninstall on one and reinstall another one. That's fine, but. Wow, like tying it directly to the hardware specifically without transfers, that's that's nuts. They need to get that shit together. And the thing is, though, is that, at, you know, in 2019, it won't matter if you have the hardware or not. You're, you know, your game will simply be gone unless you have it downloaded ahead of time. Assuming you've got the space for it all. Jeez, that sucks. I'm glad I don't play a lot of Wii. Okay, well, yeah, so if you are uh, a Wii user and still play your Wii, be sure to, I guess, download all of your stuff before... Well, you got you still got some time. You got a couple of years, but you know that's hmm, at least they're giving proper notice. But uh, if you want to buy anything, you've got till March uh, 2018 for the sounds of it. So uh, you know, keep that in mind. All right, uh, Bate, did did you give Fortnite Battle Royale a shot? I, I wasn't really sure in your your chat before. I I did. Yes. Okay. You um, played so on you played on PC, right? Not Xbox. I played on, no, I played on both. Okay. Um, okay. I actually hadn't realized that they had released it on Xbox until uh earlier in the week i think um so and then uh and then i got it i think yesterday on uh on steam played it today or not on steam but on um fucking uh what's their faces launcher epic um so uh i'm just gonna use my experiences for both to kind of give my review yeah it's just- pretty much the same damn thing yeah, just uh, just, no just to, to clarify for everyone, uh, the, the Fortnite Battle Royale, Fortnite is the kind of co-op zombie survival game. Um, it's got a lot of crafting involved, but they released the Battle Royale uh, game mode, which is a PvP game mode very similar to PlayerUnknown's Battlegrounds. Uh, we've talked about it a couple times in the show the last few weeks, but uh, yeah, so that, that, that's what Bate's talking about. It, it's very similar to PUBG, so um, go ahead, Bate. Give, give me your thoughts. Uh, yes, so um, it's really... The, the gameplay is good, right? Um, 
and there's a there's a lot more people than I expected. Um, like I I know a hundred people. I was oh my god, it's hundred people. It's a lot of people in a small area. But it seemed like everywhere I went, there was somebody behind me um, with a gun. Like three seconds after hitting the ground, which is fine. Obviously, until you get killed, it's like oh fuck. I wish I had longer to like get set up and all the other shit. Um, and like. The controls are really well, are, are are really good. I'm sorry for jumping around, but the the, the controls are there. They work. I mean, it, it doesn't feel awkward in any way, shape, or form. It's exactly like you would expect. Everything's it's it's natural, I guess. My really one big complaint, though, what is that? There's no there's no um, randomness to where the loot is gonna be. And there's no change to the map. And yeah, I, I get that it's free to play, but like, it, it, it's the one fucking map, and I know where all the stuff is. What's the point of uh, of playing more than three rounds? Right? There, there's nothing that's keeping me there. There's nothing that there's no incentive. Right? There's nothing making me say, "Oh, dude, I really gotta try like as hard as I can or whatever to to be the last person standing." Um, so, I mean, if anything, I think that that's really the only thing that it's lacking is maybe a bigger map, maybe a different map, um, and, and just kind of randomize the loot, uh, as to where it spawns and, and maybe the quantity. Cause it seemed like, it, it seemed like every building I went into, there was loot, which is good, but I also think it's really bad because you're gonna have you're gonna run into people that like a minute and a half into the round they've got like four guns and they've got like forty thousand rounds and you're just sitting here with a pickaxe or whatever and I mean you could play the get good or whatever uh, but I mean I I don't really think that that, that that's a fair thing to to, to argue. Um, but I mean it's free to play so it's whatever it's fun for like you know, the five minutes that you're going to be alive. Um, and the, the, the base building is kind of weird in it because the, 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 the storm around you or, or whatever it is, it, it shrinks the, the area of play. Um, so, you know, it kind of forces everybody into, into that one area, which is good. Otherwise, you know, matches are going to go on forever. Um, I mean, and and the map, it's big, it's a good size, but I I don't think you really get to um, use all of it, I guess, if that makes sense. It doesn't really... The map feels like it's smaller than it is because of the the shrinkage, I I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I, I also don't think that that bodes very well because you really don't have time to to build a base. To, to build a, a little place to set up or whatever to I, I don't even know why you would build uh something uh in the in the pvp but what what, what did you think pokey because I, I i think that you had sure sure um uh, let me ask you real quick first though a couple questions because i didn't actually go to the same exact location multiple times I, every time i tried i went to a different area for my starting point were you finding the exact same guns in the same spot or was it just that there were guns there and they were maybe a pistol versus a, a shotgun each time from from what i remember i i felt like it was the same damn guns every time i went to to the same location because 
I, I, I think twice in a row I went to this to uh, one of the mountains uh, and it's like, okay, there's a shack on top of the mountain and there's a couple of trees. And the first time I went, I'm like, oh, yeah, dude, I found a, a shotgun or whatever, pump-action shotgun with some ammo. I feel badass. You know, I'm going to go out. And then I get killed a minute and a half later. I'm like, oh, fuck. So I load in again, and I do it again. I go to the same mountain. Um, and I'm like, oh, okay. Let's try this again. And I get in. And it's like, oh, it's the same pump-action shotgun with all the ammo. So it, it seemed like it, and maybe maybe I'm just not. Maybe that was me not uh, th- thinking that that I was one place when I was in another place that looked similar. Because some of the mountains do look similar. I'll, I'll give it that. And that that maybe what happened, and I just got you know I just got like shit loot because they put two shotguns in the same spot. I I don't know. I yeah, but same thing. Yeah, because I, I, keep in mind that there's there's different types of weapons and there's different types of weapons with each kind of archetype, different kinds of mm-hmm. shotguns. Um, and then there's rarity. So you're going to find a lot of duplicates. It's kind of more of a you want to find a high quality weapon rather than like a right. white, you know. Mm-hmm. So I was just curious if, if it was indeed identical or if you just happened to, you know, hit the RNG of getting a duplicate. Um, yeah, because it would be unusual for the game to to have fixed uh, weapon locations that, that would kind of work against the whole point of the game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I get the feeling you just happen to kind of see the same thing because yeah, you get a lot of duplicates. Ugh. I mean, I, I dug through a house and found like four weapons and two of them were the same, you know, just mm-hmm. in the same okay. house, you know, right. maybe that's um, what it was. I just got shit luck then. Okay, cool. Uh, so yeah, so for, for me, um, you know, PUBG is one that I've heard a lot about. It's very popular. Uh, I, I kind of I never tried PUBG, but I kind of unconsciously told myself like ah, you're not gonna like that kind of game, um, just because I, I don't particularly care for that style of of you know you're running around and get your head blown off randomly by some guy hiding in a bush, um, and it's it is a one and one and done game. Once you die, you're you're out of the match. Like there's no revives, anything like that. You're just you're out. Um, and you got to hop back in queue and get into a new game. Um, so. When I talk about this, keep in mind that there's a difference between my personal preference of what I like to play and what I think is a well-designed game. So on the surface, I didn't really care for it. Um, I didn't really like the game, the, game, the core gameplay loop, um, but that, a lot of that's simply because I just I don't like that style of, of gameplay. However, I think that the game is very well put together. Um, I think the main game is well put together. I think the PvP is well put together. It's well designed. The systems make sense. I don't feel confused by what I'm doing. It's okay, straightforward. I understand what I got to do. And a lot of it kind of comes down to just what kind of experience you're looking for. So that's kind of like on the surface. Um, As for my personal experience, um, you learn real quick uh, a lot of the the things you do and the things you don't do. So first thing I learned, don't drop in right next to someone else because we both landed. He oh, was like yeah. four steps closer to a chest than I was, runs up the chest, pulls a shotgun out, boom, I'm dead. I'm like, I lasted like literally 30 seconds after like launching into the game. So you learn not to do that real quick. Um, there's some other stuff like, you know, don't sprint if you don't have to, because sprinting puts this huge dust cloud behind you. It's easy to spot you, you know, from a mile away. Um, be super cautious. Uh, the game definitely lends itself to a very kind of paranoid, like, it's more of a how can you outsmart everyone and not so much how can you outgun everyone. Like, 
and that's kind of the, the, the shift in mindset that I was kind of for trying to get myself to, to go into is it's not about getting kills. It's about surviving to the last guy. Like the only person you have to kill is number two, technically. Like you could hide the whole time. And as long as you can kill that last guy, you can win the game. So I personally prefer more, I'll say, arcadey shooters like Destiny, you know, is, is kind of arcadey. It's more about running around, getting kills, that sort of thing. I, I prefer that kind of core loop. Um, this was definitely more of a tactical mind game. How can you, like, someone totally baited me into a trap. You know, it was like an actual trap, but like, it's like, oh, look, a shotgun. And as soon as I went to pick it up, I realized, like, oh, shit, he's right above me. You know, like, like I, I, I completely fell for it. Like, he totally deserved it. Um, but it wasn't about who has better aim. It was about I made a stupid choice and he made me suffer for it. And that's part of the game. That's fine. Um, that's a I can see why that's an enjoyable loop um, in terms of gameplay. Not my cup of tea, but it was done well. Um, I only play the solo queue. You can go in as a group queue. Um, uh, go in as, I think quads i think they're they're gonna do a duos mode soon um where you kind of go as a squad of four or a squad of two uh and work together to to, to try to survive but um yeah um it, it's just variations of the same thing basically uh but it is a well-designed game i will admit that that bait is correct the building aspect is it's kind of superfluous in the pvp mode it, it's completely critical in the pve um and it's in the pvp just because it can be the system's already there for it so why not um but your the structures you build take so much damage from enemy weapons that it's kind of pointless um like this one guy built a wall i ran up with a shotgun and like literally two shot through the wall with a <laughs> shotgun like it just plowed right through it um so I mean, you you can build stuff, but it's it's going to be very simple, temporary stuff. It's not like you're going to build this epic fort where you're going to defend it to the last straw because people can pretty much dismantle your shit pretty quickly. Um, it's more of a can I build it quickly on the fly? Like, do I need? It's like someone's sniping me, and you can actually throw up you know vertical walls. If you got to cross like an open field, you can throw up walls while you're running to kind of block off his line of sight. You can do stuff like that, um, but in terms of like building a base, you're gonna have to play the main game for that. You're not gonna really get a, a strong base building mechanic in the PvP mode. But like Bates said, the play field shrinks constantly, so unless you stick that sucker like in the middle of the map, you're gonna have to abandon it eventually anyway. So the 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 the, the building is kind of tacked on, not necessary. Um, it's it's really just a leftover from the previous game, and they don't really try to cater to this. Like, oh yeah, you're gonna build this big fort. They're like. Yeah, you can build a wall to protect yourself if you have to, you know. But it's 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 definitely meant as kind of a secondary thing that you can do. Um, but yeah, overall, like I said, it's it is well done if you want to play PUBG and don't want to pay for it, or if you're on PS4 because PUBG is not available on PS4; it's PC and Xbox only. This is free to play right now, so you can go download it if you're on PC, Xbox, or PS4. You can go give Fortnite Battle Royale a shot. You do not have to buy into the main game of Fortnite to give it a shot. It is a completely free to play. Um, as far as I can tell, there's right now no monetization at all. Um, oh. It's it's just drop in and give it a go. Um, I, it is something that it's 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 not the first of its kind, but it's the first one I have played. Um, worth giving a shot. You might like it. Maybe with the group, it's much more fun. Um, it's just not personally for me. But if you are interested in that style of game, don't don't like give it a pass just because it's free. It is extremely well done. Like I said, this is made by Epic Games. These are the guys who do, you know, Unreal Tournament. Um, they did Paragon, which is the MOBA game they made. Um, 
really high quality stuff. The main game of Fortnite is very top tier. That's totally up my alley. This particular mode is not, but it is of the same quality and standards as everything else they make. So it is definitely worth giving a shot if you're even just a little bit interested in. You may not like it. You may love it. Um, it could go either way. I think it's a very specific, unique kind of play style. Um, but it is it is well done. It just wasn't for me personally. Well, and like kind of going back to the building, I, I think the funny thing in, in in all of it in regards to the building is to build something, right? You have to collect resources. So all the factors, let's just go over this. So you, you, you've dropped from a bus. There's probably some asshole who dropped at the same time you did, assuming you're easy kill. But we're going to assume that that guy's not there. So you jump out of a bus and it, it takes you like a good 30 to 45 seconds to actually get to the ground. Right, so you get down there, you know, you pick up your shotgun and your bandages and whatever other loot's around, and the, the timer, the two and a half minute timer for the for the eye of the storm to start shrinking or whatever, um, is that staggered? By the way, Pokey, the the shrinking. What do you mean? Does it like, or does it just start shrinking? It goes in uh, phases. So after a okay. period of time, it will shrink. Um, the center to where it sh it shrinks changes. So. It, it, it's not going to just shrink linearly. It's, it, it'll actually kind of move around. In oh, so, so you, you okay. you'll never you'll you'll never know where the final like shrink point will be because that center point of the circle is going to move periodically every time it shrinks. Oh, I did so not you, know that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, if you look at the minimap, it actually shows you where the next ring is going to be, and it actually shows you not only um, how far away you are from the edge of the next ring, but the fastest way to get there. So. Fun. That's a good tip. That if you make sure you're keeping in mind when that that eye is going to shrink, that you need to make sure you are inside that circle before it happens. Otherwise, you're going to start taking continual damage from being outside the area of, of play. Huh. Okay, that's cool. Um, so you know you've landed and you've got your your gun and whatnot, and then you've got this pickaxe, which is how you're you're going to you know get your resources, right? So you're you're, you're going to you know whack a tree, get some water, whatever, and you think, okay, cool, I'm going to build a base. No, you're not, because as soon as you start like mining for resources or like beating up a car with your pickaxe or a tree or god whatever else, some dude's going to come up behind you and shoot you. Uh, the 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 base building, like Pokey said, there's there's no point, and to to even build something is like it, it takes too much time that you could be doing something something more productive, something that's going to benefit you in in the overall five minutes that you're going to be. Yeah, first, when you drop in, the first thing, only thing you should care about is getting a weapon because you start with basically not. You have a pickaxe, but that's meant for yeah. harvesting resources. A and gun away is from absolute, everybody. get away from everyone and find a gun. Yeah. Once, I think, because your, your chances of dying early on are extremely high, I think that kind of goes down a little bit once people start getting thinned out. The area of field of play shrinks, um, which increases the intensity, but you'll have less people. You can worry about gathering resources later. Just get yourself a gun right away, because if you don't have a gun and the other guy does, you are going to die, no matter yes. what you do. Unless he is yep. heavily injured, you're dead. So I suggest you dive towards any structure you can find, because that's where most of the weapons are. Is the city the city areas mm -hmm. are a little dangerous because there's a lot of people that go for them. If you can spot like a shack, like off on some random mountain, like like Bates said, like you found like a shotgun in there, that's probably yeah. your best bet. And then just be really paranoid. Don't be afraid to hide. 
like just just hide in the shed, you know, and wait mm-hmm. for the, the the ring to shrink. Um, it's like I said, it's not about getting kills; it's about surviving. Um, that's the biggest advice I can give people um, because the the first time is really not enjoyable because, like I said, I spawned in, drop, cool, a gun. Oh, I'm dead. Never mind. Get back in queue. You know. <laughs> Second biggest piece of advice, don't be those guys. Okay, so like when you're all in the bus, as soon as you can deploy from the ship, you've got like probably half the people in the bus, so like 50 people that just drop as soon as the, the first time they get the chance. Man, don't do that. That's dumb. That's like, like I've been joking the whole time about being alive for, you know, a minute and a half or five minutes. That's literally how you stay alive for less than a minute. Don't do that. Because it, it takes more than a minute to load, to load in, so yeah. Why would you good do that news, Good news is is that the game is very heavily populated. Um, I I think I never oh, waited yeah. in queue more than like ten seconds. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, you die, you're pissed, you get back in queue, you're you're back in the in the waiting room for the game because there's like a, like a minute and a half where it lets you kind of run around and get a feel for the controls before it takes you to the actual game. But I got into that like lobby um within like 10 seconds like i think on release they reported over a million players playing this game on day one so i'm sure it dropped off a little bit but you know there there is plenty of people playing that you are not going to worry about queue times um you're not going to worry about waiting for 15 minutes to get back into game after you die it's it's very very quick it's like world of tanks quick like you you don't have to wait for the thing to end i mean you can spectate if you want you can watch the guy that killed you for i think till the end of the game yeah i think you can kind of follow him around and see how he does um, but I just, I bounced. I mean, I'm not going to sit there and, and wait for the whole thing to finish, but you're going to get back into the action really, really quick. So don't be turned off by the whole hundred man, uh, player count. It's, it's really not that bad, especially right now where it's, it's, it's really populated. Well, and, and like, I, it, it doesn't take that long to thin out a hundred people. Like I think oh, no. the, the <laughs> highest I got was 30, like between 32 and 36. Um, and I, I sat for maybe five, six, seven minutes to, to get yeah. from, from, you know, 90 whatever to, to, to that number. So it's not going to take long. I figure it'll probably, it probably takes about 10 minutes for a, a, a match to end. So, yeah, I mean, if you've got 10 minutes to kill, then try it. It's fun. Yep. It's it. And like I said, for PS4 players, um, that's the only option you have right now. Um, if it's if you're on Xbox or PC, you could do uh, PUBG, but uh, PUBG it is, is not on Xbox right now. It's not, or it's coming nope. to Xbox. You're right. It is eventually coming it, to Xbox coming. in a few months, I think. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is the only option for PlayStation players, um, and it is free. So yeah, give it a shot. It's it's pretty good. Um, so kind of moving into the, the end of the show here, uh, we are going to go over the games that are going to be free for the month of October for Xbox Gold and P- PlayStation Plus. So, Fate, you want to start off? Start us off for the Xbox games? Yes. So, okay, for uh, Xbox One, you're going to get um, Gone Home uh, from the, the beginning of the month to the end of the month. I wrote the 30th, but that's the 31st. Um and then for the, the 16th of this month to the 15th of November, you're going to get uh, Turing Test, which uh, I, I will play that one. I highly um, recommend it. I, I highly, highly That's recommend. exactly why I'm playing it. I mean, that's not to say I haven't heard good things about Gone Home, because I have. Um, but I've heard uh, even better things um, about Turing Test. 
Um, and then for the 360, you're going to get Rayman, which nobody cares about for the first 15 days of this month. And then for the last 15 days, um, you are going to get Medal of Honor Airborne, uh, which I will also play because I put so many hours into Medal of Honor Vanguard. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to playing Medal of Honor again. All right, sounds good. And if you are a PlayStation Plus uh, subscriber, uh, for PlayStation 4, you get Metal Gear Solid 5, The Phantom Pain. Awesome game. Um, very interesting take. I've actually played um, quite a bit of it, but I will probably pick it back up and give it another shot and kind of give my overall thoughts on it. Uh, and then there's Amnesia Collection, which is the, uh, I think it's like the two or three Amnesia games. It's a horror survival game. Um, Probably will actually make Livy play that one. It's kind of a mini dungeon crawl series. Um, that'll be fun. Uh, we'll get some gameplay recording at that one, uh, but then I'll give my reviews on that. So that's also for PS4. Uh, for PS3, we have Monster Jam uh, Battlegrounds. For PS3, we also have Hustle Kings. And then for PlayStation Vita, uh, the first one is a PS3 and PS4 cross-buy, so that means it'll work on all three systems. Uh, you have Skyforce Academy, and then for PS Vita and PS4 cross-buy, you also have the game Hue. So if you pick that one up, you can play it on your Vita or your PS4. Uh, also a reminder, the kind of uh, party game that's available for PlayStation Plus right now that's free, uh, it's called That's You. Uh, it's leaving PlayStation Plus on October 24th. So if you want to pick that one up and get it in your library for later download, uh, make sure you do that before the 24th of October. Hey, speaking of Dungeon Carl, have you decided what you're going to do after you wrap up Prey? Uh, probably Alien Isolation will be the next one. Yes. Um, but I also want to maybe do a different series, not so much survival games, but I do want to play Nier uh, Automata um, because it's the Nier series is very unique, not for everyone, um, but I do want to play it and uh, I, I want to have the option to share it with people. So I'll probably, not, not as a Dungeon Crawl, maybe I'll call it something else, um, but I want to kind of do that one as well. So I'll probably be doing Near Automata and uh, Alien Isolation. And then we'll make Livy play uh, Amnesia for a few episodes, and it'll be good stuff. I've heard weird things about, that, about those Near games. Oh, they're they're bizarre as hell. Um, I'll probably do like an episode zero, like a five-minute recap of the first game. Um, and <laughs> you'll be able to tell real quick if it's going to be for you or not, because it is bizarre. Like, they're very strange. They don't always make sense, but they, they have some really, really good stuff in them. Um, they're, they're kind of a cult classic sort of deal. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do kind of a recap of the first game, since this is the sequel to it, um, and people can decide if they, they want to watch or not. But uh, I'm looking forward to that. All right, guys, I think we've gone long enough. Uh, Shoutouts, Zell. I know you are ready for this, so go ahead. Um. So, uh, last weekend, uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare actually had a fantastic like weekend game mode thing. Uh, they called it Gesture Warfare, and basically, they have uh, some kind of vanity attacks you can or like gestures you can make. Uh, so you can do like a thing where you uh, squish someone between your fingers, you know, if you you know, or like a, a finger gun sort of thing, and uh, in this particular weekend game mode, those hand gestures kill people. So you can like pew people with your finger with like your fingertips. It's kind of cool. What the hell? <laughs> That's awesome. Like, did you see the animation on the article? I, I haven't it, looked at it. it yet, so I'll take a look just, at it. Just, just click the link really quick. It's it's awesome. Zell, do you play Call of Duty? Um, I have Infinite Warfare. I haven't played a lot of it though. <laughs> oh, that's that is okay. Yeah, that's that's a good link. We'll have to get that in the description. That's bizarre. What the f okay. Good stuff. <laughs> All right, bit you're up. Right. So, um so first and foremost, I woke up this morning and I realized that that I had made a very 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 grave 
mistake. I do not have the greatest memory in the world, um, and I will be the first to admit that. Um, but uh, this morning uh, was my uh, my girlfriend's birthday, and I totally forgot about it. I didn't get her shit, so I had to make up lunch and dinner. So that's my first shout out. Uh, shout out to her. So that's cool. Um, and as we talked about at the beginning of the show, the, the dust forms, uh, were shut down. So, uh, shout out to everybody who's ever touched Dust514, Dev, you know, uh, dude who thought, oh, dude, wouldn't that be really cool? Um, and then, of course, everybody who's, who's posted on the forums, who, you know, we've played with, uh, y'all are cool, uh, join the Discord. If you don't know where to find it, we're going to have a link in the in the show notes, and you can always go to forums.dust514.com and get the link for yourself over there. Um, and then finally, um, I have been hanging out at the uh, local uh, Marine Corps recruiting station for the past uh, about a week or so, um, getting to know everybody down there. So um, it's something I'm looking at doing uh, if I can get in. So I'd like to give a shout out to the uh, local police. Uh, for for letting me come and uh, hang out, work out, and do all that fun stuff uh, while I work on uh, getting depth in. So that's my shout out. All right, good stuff. Um, I'll also give a shout out to the Dust Five One Four player base. Uh, sucks about the forms. Glad to have you in the Discord. Uh, I actually have had someone, a few people, actually request that I compile all of the information currently available on Project Nova and make kind of a recap video about it. Um, I can work on that. It's going to take a few weeks to get it done, though, so be patient. Uh, but if you are you know, new to the Discord and, and I guess follow the show but don't read our blog, uh, all of the transcripts regarding information on Project Nova is available pinned to the front page of biomass.com. So uh, have that to look forward to. Um, also, shout out to Roller Coaster Tycoon Classic and Atari and Origin 8 for bringing it back. So Roller Coaster Tycoon is a sprite-based theme park building game that came out in 1999, so like 18 years ago. I played the hell out of that when I was it's a kid. It's great. It's wonderful. Yeah. But it's, it's like 20 bucks on Steam. And it is like 20 bucks. It's a little, little high. But... Like you can buy the disc at like a Goodwill for like 30 cents. So <laughs> like... <laughs> But does it have all the DLC? Because that stuff was good, too. Um, I had the expansion and everything when I, when I was uh, playing back then. But yeah, so they, they brought it back. Um, really fun game. I know that they've come out with like Roller Coaster Tycoon 3 or whatever, but like this is the classic sprite-based. Um, I played the hell out of it, so I was I was very happy to see that they had brought that back on Steam. Um, so shout-out to Atari and Origin 8 for doing that. And one last shout-out. Um, if you watch Rick and Morty, and I say Mulan Szechuan Dipping Sauce, you know what I'm talking about, and you too wish you could go back to the 90s and have some Mulan Szechuan dipping sauce. However, on October 7th, nationwide, McDonald's is bringing back the Szechuan dipping sauce in limited quantities for you to enjoy. So, if you want a taste of the 90s, go to McDonald's October 7th and you can get some Mulan Szechuan dipping sauce. So, that's all I've got. Jay, you're up. <laughs> I, I love me some Rick and Morty's. Um... Only shout-outs I have is actually to a uh, a friend of the show and brother to one of the one of the showrunners here, the infamous Dante. Uh, that is Pokey's Pokey's little brother. Uh, I say little because they're they're both like bean poles, like well over six foot tall. Um, so we're we're playing Destiny. There's a small group of us uh, playing guys. We've known each other for I guess years years now. Uh, and Dante is uh, everybody's basically started a new character. So kind of that's the thing of destiny. It kind of, it really sort of incentivizes you to run 
multiple classes of like to build and run all three types of the basic characters. So me, Dante, and another guy, we all basically like, well, let's just all we sort of just organically started new characters one day and we're all like, let's just start powering through the story mission and get to the basic level so you can really start start really all the all the in-game stuff. And uh, throughout this, probably the most animated I've heard somebody on on comms on a video game in a while is listening <laughs> to Pokey's little brother uh, trying to figure out the like the jump mechanics of the different of the different races he's, he's run or excuse me classes he's running because they're dramatically different and there is much floaty floaty space magic and destiny as many of you know that they listen to the show so we we get to the platforming pieces of a, of a lot of these uh, you know missions or, or raids and stuff and all you hear is a continual stream of I was like, and he just continues to like cuss the. Uh, I think he was playing a hunter. He usually plays a warlock, and he's like cussing the hunter class for hours, hours. He goes off to go eat, and uh, me and me and our, our mutual buddy we're, we're continuing to play. And every time somebody fall fell, we're like, oh, I'm doing a Dante, and it was. It's one of those. It doesn't mean much, but if it's in the moment, it really is hilarious. It's one of those small things you get when you play video games that you don't get in a lot of other places. It's that just the joke that tells itself every time somebody does something. Uh, it's it's pretty good. So my shout out to the small moments of video game fun that you can have. Uh, that and probably everybody who listens to this to this podcast can kind of you know, relate to that in a little bit. There's probably been a game you played with a small group of friends or something like that. You doing a raid and wow, or, you know, flying ships in Eve or, you know, doing something, some kind of co-op game somewhere. And the things that comes out of people's mouths on comms is absolutely hilarious. And while it's utterly in the context of the moment, it, uh, it often is, uh, is some of the most enjoyable moments of just like hanging out with people that I've had, whether you're physically in the room or not. And that would be my shout out. All right. Yeah. See, he, he can't get that hunter jump and I don't understand it because it's the same jump as any other game. And that one in particular, he can't seem to manage. So it's, it's been a treat to watch him try to, you know, to, to, to fail at it. And, and his, his reaction is always great. So it's, it's good stuff. Um, but yeah, again, guys, uh, thanks for a long show. Actually, our, our reviews went pretty long there, so I do apologize for that, but, uh, a lot of stuff to talk about. Um, if there's anything you want us to cover, anything you want us to play, um, we're trying to branch out a little bit and do some more gameplay stuff. Uh, do let us know biomass.net or biomass.com. Uh, also, like I said, if you are a dust veteran, do get into that discord channel. Um, just go to either our website, we'll have a link for it or just uh, dust514.com and you will get a link to the discord. Uh, I look forward to, to talking to everyone in there. We got a lot of good, a lot of familiar names that I haven't seen in, in years are hopping in there and it's good to kind of talk with them all again. So uh, that's my bit there, but uh, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, have a safe night and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks. Lee. Thanks Lether.